Psachim, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Vav, 1-6. In the previous Mishnah, Rabban Gamliel expressed the notion of perhaps we should be allowed to eat truma a little bit longer than regular chametz because there's a prohibition against making truma go to waste or making it tummy. This Mishnah and the Mishnah will follow it are going to address a related question, which is when we are going to be burning the truma, that's chametz, in the sixth hour in Erev Pesach, do we have to be concerned that when it's being burned in that pyre, the fire, that it might become tameh from the other food that's being burned in the pyre? The thought is that, on the one hand, the Torah prohibits one to allow truma to become tameh. There's a mitzvah ase to be of Mishmeris Trumosai, the guarding of Truma. The question is, if the Truma is no longer edible, no mitzvah can be done with it of eating it anymore, does that mitzvah still apply? Meaning now that it's, you know, known the rabbi said you can't eat it anymore and it must be destroyed, so now perhaps it's in the way to be destroyed, we don't care that it becomes Tomei, or not. That's the question. So Mishnah Vav will attempt to set forth a precedent that we could use to determine the answer to that question. And the actual technicalities are indeed quite technical of this Mishnah, but the gist of the Mishnah is as follows. The gist of Mishnah is that in the base of Mikdash, when they had tame meat, kudshem, sacrificial meats that became tame. So if they became, for whatever reason, tame, they had to be destroyed. And the Mishnah will say that the practice was to burn Tame meat of different levels of tumma together, meaning if you had a meat that was a rishon, one degree removed from the tumma source, and you had meat that was a shlishi, three degrees removed from a tumma source, they'd be burned together, even though those two meats could come into contact with one another in the pyre as it's being burned, and that would then raise the status of the shlishi, the third degree removed, to being a sheni, a second degree removed. So it adds tumma to it. And the thought is that since the rabbis didn't hesitate to allow the sacrificial meats to become more tame, that should be a precedent for burning truma that also is now no longer has a mitzvah and is being destroyed, and it doesn't matter if it should become tame in the burning process. The mission actually has two cases. The first I just described. The second um, is Rabbi Kivu suggested even if you had um, oil that was a shlishi, a third degree removed, they would even allow it to become a, um, go up two levels, being a rishon. However, that's the details in the Mishnah. It works out like that. So the point of Rabbi Kiva says even going up two levels of tumah wasn't a problem once you're destroying it anyways. And uh, again, that should be a precedent for why you should be allowed to burn truma when it becomes time to burn it in the sixth hour if that truma is chametz. And you shouldn't have to worry about that truma that's being burned come into contact with another Tumasaurus and making it tummy. Okay, we'll discuss more about the Truma issues in the next Mishnah, but in this Mishnah here, Mishnah Vav, we have to talk about the Tuma issues that apply to Kajim, sacrificial meats. Okay, so let me read this Mishnah through, explain it sort of superficially, and then we can go back and unpack some of the details. And, um, yeah, so it says, Rabbi Chanina Skana Kohanim Omer. Rabbi Chanina, who was the, the head official of the Kohanim, said, Miyameim Shel Kohanim, Literally, throughout the days of the Kohana, meaning always. Lo nimnau milistrof es habasar shenitma bevlada tuma im habasar shenitma baavatuma. They never hesitated from 
burning meat that became tame of a um, lower degree. It'll become what work out to be a shlishi with meat that was tame from a less from a higher degree, meaning it would have come to be a rishon. Okay, the exact words are lo nimnu melisrof tuma. They didn't hesitate to burn meat that had become tame by being in contact with a second degree tame thing. Vlada tuma, a vlad means an offspring, and it is the anthem, if you will, of an av. So normally the tuma source is called an av tuma, and the second the when it transmits its tuma to other things, those things to which it transmits its tuma are called vlados offspring. Typically the word vlad could refer to any level of separation, meaning a rishon or a sheni or a shlishi, first, second, third degree removed. Um, in this case, it's just going to have to mean that the vlad was a sheni, second degree removed, and meaning how that, how that worked. That would be, for example, that you had a dead rat. That's the av. The dead rat um, touches some, let's say, some wine. The wine becomes a rishon, and then the wine touched this sacrificial meat, making the sacrificial meat into a sheni. Um, Oh, excuse me, I said that terribly. Sorry, try that again. I apologize. The rat is the dead rat is the avatuma. It then touches, for argument's sake, um, the wine, which becomes a rishon. That wine then touches uh, whatever it touches, some other meat, and then, you know, the, the Cohen sandwich for lunch, and then, but the sandwich becomes a shani, and then that sandwich that's a shani touches the sacrificial meat, the Kacha making it into a shlishi. That's the case here. Um, and it has to be the way for... Because if it's not the case, if the source of tuma that made the meat tame, the sacrificial meat tame, was um, only a rishon, then this meat would be a sheni latuma, a second degree removed, and then touching a rishon latuma, first degree removed, wouldn't make it any worse. It would stay a sheni. Because when the sheni meat touches a rishon, it wouldn't go up to being a rishon, it would still be a sheni. But, so that's why the vlad here has to mean everybody a second degree removed. So they didn't hesitate to burn that meat that was a shlishi because it touched a second degree removed tuma source, with sacrificial meats that were tummy that came direct contact with the source of tuma like the dead rat. Even though the one that came to the dead rat is a rishon and the one that came in contact with the Cohen's tummy sandwich after touching the tummy wine is a shlishi. And when a shlishi touches the rishon it will become more tummy, baking up to a sheni. They didn't hesitate. Even though they were aware, the Kohanim were aware, that if you burn the Rishon and the Shlisha together, you would increase the Tumah of the Shlisha, bring it up to a Shani, from third degree to second degree. Fine, that's the, that's the precedent. Rabbi Akiva is going to give another story. It's a similar story, but he's going to come up with a case where we're making, we're intentionally burning oil in something which is a, an Av HaTumah. So this is kind of technical, but however it works, I'll come back to it in a second. The Mishnah says, Hosef Rabbi Akiva v'Amar. Rabbi Akiva added something. He said, Miyameim shal Kohanim, throughout the days of the Kohanim, lo nimnu, lo nimnu, they didn't hesitate, milahadlik es ha-shemen shenifsal yom, from burning oil. That already was a shlishi. I'm not translating literally right now. Shlishi oil, b'ner shnitma b'tmei meis, in a candelabrum, that had become tummy from a tummy mace, meaning this candelabrum was a 
avatuma. So since the candelabra is an avatuma, and it's you're putting in oil that's a shlishi, a third degree removed, it would go up two notches. It would not just become a shani, but even a rishon. So it moves up two steps, and that still so even though they were making it more tame, the, the Kohanim didn't hesitate from burning that oil in that candelabra. So that's the story of, the, of Rabbi Kiva here. And the technicalities are as follows. A tavul yom is someone... That's all I'm going to say. If you're familiar with Tumantahar, you can stop the recording now and go to the next Mishnah. If you're not familiar with what tavul yom is and how a tamei mace can convey Tuma and make the candelabra still be a Rishon, stick around. Okay, so first the Tavul Yom. The Tavul Yom is a person who went to the mikvah the day because he had to go to the mikvah because he was tummy. So the normal rule is everyone who's tummy goes to the mikvah. When they come out of the mikvah, they're not magically tahor, believe it or not, and they still have a vestige of tuma, uh, and they're called a Tavul Yom, meaning the guy who went to the mikvah that day with a vestige of tuma, which only the vestige only removes when you have nightfall, called Bias Shemesh, which means what we call Tesa Kochavim, three stars coming out at nightfall. Um, the last vestige is relieved of him, um, assuming he's on a machus or kippurim, whatever that means, not for now. Okay, so what that means is, that, let's say a person touched a dead rat, um, or he was a sheikh vazera, or he's the end of his zav process, whatever the story is, he's tame. He goes to the mikvah and he comes out as a tefu yom, which is the equivalent of calling him a sheni latoma. It's pretty much the same as any other kind of sheni. There's nuanced differences, but not for now. The basic idea is that the tavul yom is a sheni, a second degree removed, and as a sheni latuma, really is nothing that he can, he can't do other than he can't yet touch truma and kachim because he'd make them into a shlishi. Okay, so the tavul yom is code word for a second degree removed, a sheni latuma, second degree removed tuma. Okay, so if such a person touched sacrificial meat, he would the tavul yom would render the sacrificial meat into being a shlishi, a third degree removed tome status. Fine. Now, the other part of the equation is this this lamp, this candelabrum. We're talking here about one that is made out of metal. And there's a the usual way that when tuma is communicated works is the source, let's say, is the ava tuma. The recipient is a step down, just a rishon. If the source is a rishon, it's a, that its recipient that it communicates tuma to is a step down and comes a shani, a second degree, and so on. An exception to that rule is if you're talking about Tuma that is originating from a corpse. There's a verse from which it's learned when the verse says, Bechalal Cherev, referring to a sword left inside of a corpse of a slain person, that um, the sword has the same status as the corpse, which means the sword is called an Avi Avosatuma, a granddaddy of Tuma. And um, similarly, if a person comes into contact with in the various ways that it's communicated, or ohel, etc., with um, a corpse, or even that sword, he becomes what's called a tamei mace. He's tamei by virtue of having been exposed to corpse tuma, and he becomes an avatuma. Even though he's not the original source, he's still called an avatuma, and he would normally convey his status down to other things as being um, rishon, latuma, one degree removed. However, when it comes specifically to corpse tuma, the tamei mace, if he touches metal utensils, those metal utensils will still be an avatuma like him. It doesn't go down a step. The same way the sword, the cherev, the sword in the halal, in the corpse, doesn't go down a step. It stays an avi avos. So the person who's exposed to that sword or to the corpse itself, who's an avatuma, is a tamemes, when he touches other utensils, metal utensils, those metal utensils still stay as avos atuma also um, for one step. 
And then if that metal utensil would touch some food, the food would become a Rishon. Okay? Um, as far as what kind of utensils, so all Rishonim agree, we're not talking about Klicheres, earthenware utensils. There's a machlokus between the Rambam and Rabbeinu Tam. If it, according to Rabbeinu Tam, it's only metal utensils. According to others, it's all kinds of this, you know, the six other industrial materials, not just metal, just excluding Kheris, um, who all stay as a Rishon. Okay, so that's what's happening here. This happening here is the Tamei Mace, the human being who came in contact with the corpse, he is an Avatum. When he touches the metal candelabrum, so he makes it also a Avatuma. And therefore, if you put oil, which had been touched by a which was a shlish letumah, third degree removed, you put in such a candelabrum, what you're going to get is it's going to go to becoming a rishon letumah because it's being put into an afatumah candelabrum. So it goes up two steps from shlishi, third degree, to sheni, second degree, and so to speak, skipping that step from sheni to rishon from two to one. So you go from three to one, it's two steps. That's even more than the previous case of the Mishnah. And again, the point of the Mishnah here is the Kohanim didn't hesitate from exposing and upgrading the tuma status of the sacrificial meat, or or truma, in this case, truma oil we're talking about over here. And therefore, that should be a precedent for burning tame and tahor truma, that's chametz, on Ere Pesach, together. More on that in the next Mishnah.